that just sounds pathetic. <laughs> that's, that's so much worse. Can we at least? I can blow your nose. Yeah. God. <laughs> Sorry. You make so. It's many all the noises. cheese from the pizza. Oh, that's making me flammy. That's just like Flemmy from Motorhead. So gross. <laughs> I do like Flemmy from Motorhead. <laughs> R.I.P. Flemmy. <laughs> From an undisclosed location, Anonymous with Mike and John. Yep, right? Got it. I'm actually pretty Big mad days. at the listeners right now. Well, what are you mad about? Yeah, well, let's go off on I'm, that. Why are yeah, you mad at them? I'm bad because there aren't any of them. We're, we're getting a few listens. There have been a couple listens. We had no emails. And I get it. I'm not sure why. In the beginning, I maybe I felt like if anyone listens to this... And they hear that we're just trying to connect with one listener out there. And if you email us, you get $5. That the one listener would immediately email us. But if I was out there, and even if I liked the podcast, I probably wouldn't send an email to some weird, a couple of weirdos on the internet and give them my address. And Uh I just wouldn't be inclined to do that. Not even necessarily because of fear, but just because of, I just wouldn't do that. So um, I feel like there's maybe two or three listeners. I don't know, a handful. Was it Cleveland? Yeah. Pretty big in Cleveland. Hot in Cleveland, right? Pretty big in Cleveland. Multiple listens in Cleveland. We Uh don't know anybody in Cleveland either. We don't know any. Yeah. So if you live in Cleveland and you're listening, why haven't you emailed us? It'll take two minutes. Just go to truthfork at hotmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know you're listening. If you want the $5, great. If you don't want it, that's great. Maybe we need to sweeten the pot somehow. Oh, really? Okay. Here's (laughs) Maybe um, if you're the first listener, you get to be the president of our fan club. Whoa. That would be good. Now we're talking. And you're not paid for this job, but there are a lot of responsibilities, obviously, because you're going to have to get this fan club going all by yourself, and then you're going to have to coordinate with all the other listeners and really make something out of it. But think about how cool that would be. I like the idea, too, that you have to go out and get new fans. It's like a recruitment thing. Yeah, I don't know. Is that part of the rules? I don't know. No, I think it is now. So you're the president, but for that to have any meaning, there has to be underlings you got to go find those underlings. That's a good point. Maybe you canvas area colleges. Maybe you hit up the mall. You start letting, you know, you're proselytizing. You're letting people know. Mm-hmm. People love to be preached at. Right. So this would be no exception. You're just like mm-hmm. telling them, you got to listen to this show. It's so good. Yeah. So you're going to want to tweet yeah. a lot. That's what presidents do. Yep. So not a lot <laughs> of tweets. And uh, just be boisterous and loud and you'll be great at this. All right. I don't know. I think you're a little more concerned about the email than I am. I am at the moment. I just feel like uh, I'm kind of in a bad mood for starters. I'll just put that out. No reason at all. Oh, life? Yeah, just Just kind of in a bad mood. I'm just tired. I'm in a bad mood. But I do feel like, I'll be perfectly honest, this podcast is a little bit better than I thought it would be. I think it's pretty good. So it's not as good as the Famous Comedians podcast, which we knew. But it's better than every other podcast. It's better than all the other amateur podcasts. We're the best. We're the best of the worst. worst. Yeah. Yeah. So I just feel like maybe someone should listen to this. Maybe it was a misstep from the beginning to say that we're not going to advertise or put this out there for anyone to see. Maybe we were just hiding our insecurities from the very beginning and too afraid to put ourselves out there. And we should have gone at this a different way. And I think it was my idea not to. Yeah, but to me that was the funniest part. It is the funniest part. But I guess as time goes on, it's not that funny anymore. Like any, <laughs> like any joke, 
it's not going to be funny for very long. And now I just want someone to hear this, I guess. Okay, so... Well, no, you point. don't agree. I think it would be great if uh, the ideal scenario would be we don't advertise it and it does catch on to even a, just a small extent. But that's never going to happen. So now it's just getting annoying. And, okay, maybe this at least. I think I said, again, these are all my ideas I'm going back on, but I think I said we needed a clock in the first or second episode, that maybe we should have a clock on this, and that we owe the listeners a uh, satisfying answer at the end, unlike Serial and all those other podcasts. Well, I now disagree with that. I think that we don't owe them anything if they can't figure it out, or they won't even bother to send us a damn email. So now, at this point, I think, yeah, we roll with it. We do a season's worth of episodes, whatever we decide that is. And then if no one figures it out, too bad. You're never going to know who we are. And I, but I don't know you an explanation, listeners. We're sitting here, we're offering you free podcasts. We're offering sure. you free money. Every other podcast, they ask you to donate to them. Yeah. Which, by the way, I want to get to that point because I would like to start making money. <laughs> but we're, at, we're actually offering you money, and you still can't bother to send one email to us. That's true. And again, I might be overreacting because we've only released two of these yeah. so far. You're running hot. But I'm, I'm running a little hot tonight. I might feel completely different tomorrow. And I know I felt different the first time we recorded um, but, you know, I'm just going to speak my mind however I feel at the moment. And right now I feel like if you guys can't figure this out or even bother to try, uh, I don't know you anything. And if we want to change this thing midstream, that's what we're going to do. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I'm sorry. I need to turn No, you don't have to turn that. No, nope, nope. you got to keep that frown the right side down. I bet tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll think, this is the best idea for a podcast ever. I'm so glad that no one's ever going to listen to it. Mary Lynn said it was, quote, Ridiculous and charming. You know what that means? We can put that into a whole quote. <laughs> That's a great idea. That is a good idea, but you hear what you want to hear. She, before that, she clearly was saying, why don't you put this out for people to hear? Yeah, but you know what? I feel like she was saying it, and no she, offense, Mary Lynn, in that L.A. way where everyone wants you to like manifest your destiny and go for it. Uh, well, maybe that's not bad. <laughs> it's terrible. You're right. <laughs> but the thing is, what they're forgetting, mm-hmm. and beloved Angelinos, and I know there are literally half dozens of you listening, the thing is, if you don't try, you can't fail. If you don't look for love and put yourself out there to accept love, your heart can never be broken. Why didn't someone explain that to you when you were younger? Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I feel for you. Yeah, they didn't get that, did they? No, they didn't. It's like the first thing you learn. Mm-hmm. If you feel something, that something could be regret, disappointment, Mm -hmm. heartache, anger. Feelings are only going to turn on you. The better something feels at the moment, just remember, it'll feel equally bad later on. Yeah. Because when you love something or care about it, it turns on you. What goes up must come down. It's Yeah. It's It's right there. It's inertia. Is that what it is? (laughs) It's gravity. (laughs) It's gravity. It's just gravity. It's <laughs> it's the it's inertia, gravity inertia that powers gravity. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? I got that new jacket, and I wore it to a Mexican restaurant that we always go to. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Last night with the family, and I don't know what it, I love Mexican food more than anything, but the smell that 
gets on your clothes sometimes. It's just awful. Oh, and um, so the next day I'm driving the girls to school and they love the Mexican restaurant. And uh, But I smell myself and I comment, this jacket smells just like that Mexican restaurant. And it says, lucky. <laughs> <laughs> she thought I was just bragging about <laughs> That's so great. But plus, I hadn't heard anyone say that in a long time. Yeah. Lucky. Lucky. <laughs> it's lucky. Saying lucky sarcastically is such an awesome, like, kid thing to do. It is great. I would love it if an adult, like, you go into a meeting. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you have for lunch today? It's like, ah, oh, it's some really great Mexican food. Like, lucky. Lucky. <laughs> the kind of thing. Like, you got to start yeah. doing that, man. You're at a staff meeting. They announced yeah. a big promotion for so-and-so. <laughs> Lucky. Lucky. <laughs> that's so dismissive. And it's just so, yeah, so, that's so uh, juvenile. Of course, she's so sweet. I think she just was happy for No, me she was happy that. for it. Yeah, yeah, that's just great. Yeah. God, that's fantastic. I get to walk around all day smelling like that Mexican restaurant. Yeah. That's what's so great about kids and how stupid they are is that <laughs> she really does think mm-hmm. that you're about to go have the best day because yeah. you're just going to have the, the smell of Mexican food all over your person. <laughs> yeah. Which in her mind probably means that like people are gonna come up to you mentioning mm-hmm. it like, yeah. did you have Mexican food last night? Lucky, lucky. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and you can still smell it. God, I mean, this dude is so lucky. Yeah, it's just like every kid ever has said to their parents at one point that you're lucky. You get to do whatever you want. You get to stay up as late oh, as you want. Yeah, make all your own. Dis- you get to do whatever you want. Yeah, and every parent in the history of time has said right back to that kid, if they if they're being honest. I don't get to do anything yeah. I want. My life Everything is Everything I do is something that someone else needs me to do. Yeah. You get to do whatever you want. Yeah. For the most part. To that end, I'm glad you brought that up. Me too. I've been thinking about this in the last couple of weeks. I feel like middle-aged people mm-hmm. that are, especially if they've got families and kids, they should be the ones that start a new punk rock scene. Oh. Because if you think about what punk rock is supposed to be about, Mm-hmm. It's rebelling against the establishment. Um, it's rebelling against the systems in place to keep you down. That is not for young people. That's a very good point. I mean, now, look, for the socio or economically disenfranchised, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, like, a lot of punk rock is resting on the shoulders of well-to-do white kids, right? They are just suburban-dwelling kids with all the prospects in the world. And yeah, those kids true. have zero problems. That's true. They have nothing to rebel against. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, their parents, much like ours were, were supportive and loving and like, oh, you like this music? Oh, let me go buy this record for you. Like, it's like there's nothing to be angry about other than just yeah. the hormonal stuff. It's like 95% of the Rage Against the Machine fans yeah. when we were at that concert we talked about. Had nothing to be upset about. They have nothing to rage against whatsoever, but Absolutely. they still have that. I don't know. That, that, but when yeah. you're in your 40s mm-hmm. and you've got a mortgage oh. and multiple car notes, and so you're out there you've against. got a job that you may or may not even be able to tolerate, but you have no choice because you've got these yeah. multiple mouths to feed and the shit is real and it's heavy yeah. like an albatross. I mean, it is a weight around your neck. You're up against the machine every day You're up against the machine every day. Yeah. Imagine how cathartic it must feel if you could then go down to like a grimy punk rock club, especially mm-hmm. if you're like most people and you go to a job where like, I probably wear clothes I wouldn't normally want to wear. Not because I'm too cool for it. It's like, I don't want to wear a suit. Yeah. Those are the people that need to go to a club. And let loose. And let loose. Yeah, rage. And I know on some level I'm describing like every Will Ferrell movie ever made. So it's no, not an but, insight. But I'm saying like. No, I see your point. Those, those punk rock albums would be fueled by like real anger and yeah. discontent. 
It's like, I, I, I manage a not so great car dealership. <laughs> Sales are down this quarter. You know, my, you know, my wife might leave me. Like, that's a lot of stuff to really put your head in a dark space. It is. I would think some really amazing punk rock music could come from there. I'm sure it could. I think they're only, I think it's a great idea and a great point. There are a couple of problems, I think. One is that the people you're describing are all too old and tired to want to go do that at night. Yep. And just like you and I, we're not, we joke about being old. We're really not that old. Yeah. But, and we love live music probably as much as anyone our age, but I don't want to go to a live show unless there's a seat. True. I mean, there are a few, I'll make a few exceptions. True. So the actual part where you stand up or you rock out um, when you're our age, that might be a little difficult. But don't you think that, because, but you're also, you wouldn't be an audience member, you'd be the performer. Yeah. The thrill of entertainment would overtake yeah. you, would give you the adrenaline you need to get out of that seat. Then the anger, the real anger, the anger that comes from regrets from seeing a lifetime pass you by without accomplishment or all the different things that, I mean, just hypothetically speaking. Yeah. <laughs> but the things that, you know, eat people up from inside. Yeah. Oh, that would be there. It'd all be there. And if you could, if you could harness that and unleash that. Mm-hmm. It'd be like some Gigi Allen level insanity. The thing is, music is such a young man's game. I wonder if, are there any examples of successful, whether, you know, critically or commercially successful musicians who, I mean, there are plenty of them that are old that that have success, but they always started out when they were younger. Are there any, can you think of any that they they never learned how to play an instrument or wrote a song until they were 45, 50 years old, and then they started playing music? And actually did well enough that we've ever heard of them? Well, the only, it's not that old, but the Ray LaMontagne story yeah. is always like, and I don't buy it for a minute. Because yeah. isn't the official story he tells, he was like a carpenter or something that doesn't, that already sounds made up. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like him and Jesus. It's like, this, yeah. is, this isn't a thing. No. Him, Jesus, and Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. So, but he, I think the idea is that he's some sort of manual laborer. That is right. And he's like, and I was just laying in bed one day, mm-hmm. and I wake up and I hear this song on the radio. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And then he just describes some, like, David Crosby B-side yeah, like or something. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. It's like, first of all, how'd you make it to 30 in America <laughs> and not hear a Crosby, Stills, and Nash song? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, no one's believing that. Mm-mm. Secondly, some random David Crosby song, you know, is the one. That's on the, the radio. Like, that's on the radio. It's like, uh, whatever right. it was. And then he, and then the, the second part of the story is like, and that morning I just started singing and I discovered I had a voice like, okay, hold the phone. Stop. Fun. This is all a bunch of nonsense. Stop. No one sings for the first time when they're 35 yeah, years old. Yeah, that doesn't happen. And he has a pretty great voice. The story right. would be more believable if he was one of these singer-songwriters that kind of had an average voice. Right. But his songs are good enough to carry him or his voice is interesting. In a, yeah. But he has like a, just a very appealing voice yeah. to, to, to most people. Right. And it's not really weird or unique. It's just a great voice. Yeah, he would definitely have heard about that beforehand. I do remember hearing that exact same story, but did he know how to play guitar at that point in the no, story? No, I think the idea, no, like, cause he just, the version was like, he, it's like he had never heard music before, <laughs> yeah. is the way they want to make it sound. Mm-hmm. Like, he'd just been this hardworking man of the earth. And But how old was he at that time? I, but it's, I it was swear probably, he was like in his late 20s. Yeah, he wasn't even that old. Like, when, when the, the place in most people's lives where they stopped being interested in music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let alone, like, what's this thing? That's gracing my ears. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. What is this music? You never been to a grocery store before? Yeah. How could you have not heard a Crosby, Stills and Nash song <laughs> if you've like ever been to a Pier One? Like it's just <laughs> it's everywhere. Possible. Oh man. So that is a that's a pretty good example, but it's still not even no. That close we don't believe it because it's not true. The guy's in his twenties. Um, 
No, they're probably, but I think that's, you know, in the same way that people haven't made a podcast and never put out, we're progenitors. You ever regret 100%. that you didn't pursue making music? No, you don't, because you. I mean, you have a we have music talent. Yeah, you we have have a, talent obviously in a very our musical family. family, but you're a pretty good drummer just from goofing around some. Yeah, but um, I, I I was aware of how much effort it was going to take, and but it wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't take any more effort than I, maybe it's just not the thing that you love. But it wouldn't take any more effort than the effort you've put in learning how to edit. Yeah, but I think the weird thing is actually it's because I love it so much in a weird way. It, like I always wanted the the mystery and the magic of it to stay there. Yeah, I used to like take the tennis racket and put the headphones on it and just air guitar for hours on end. Yeah, I mean I just would disappear into this fantasy world. I guess I just never wanted that to go away. I never wanted to be on the other side of like, what's actually feel like to try to do that. I feel like you and I in my fantasy world, you and I were always songwriting partners. Yeah, that'd be great. Like you know, if it was a band with a great duo. Yeah. Like if it was you know Fountains of Wayne comes to mind, it would have been like oh well. We would have been that band. Mm-hmm. It would have been the two of us up there. Yeah. Um, Most fun ever. In the old 97s. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is it wouldn't always be me that's the lead singer either, buddy. Is that right? No. It'd be me and John, and I'm doing this and he's doing that. And I feel like with the yeah. old 97s, because that was always more your band than mine by yep. a wide margin, I was like, I want to say at some point I remember thinking, like, this would be great. You know, John is the Rhett Miller in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And you're Murray. And I'm Murray. But what's great about that is... And my version of that, um, I could like still have a day job, which sounds crazy to say, but like you <laughs> that's could part s- of the fantasy. Yeah, is the no, day no, job? no, I know it sounds crazy, but like there's this thing where it's like, I was like the idea too. Maybe that's why this podcast is appealing to me. That like we could be critical darlings and have our fan base, but it wouldn't have to be about the machine, man. It'd be like, yeah, it wouldn't have to be your whole life. There's John out there writing these great songs, mm-hmm. and I come along. I'm killing these harmonies, and I'm playing this beautiful, tasteful mm-hmm. guitar. But it means that I can also go off and do the thing that I'm also passionate about. Because why can't I have both? Because yeah. it's not like trying to be Mick and Keith or something where you're literally changing the world. Yeah. But also have to be those characters essentially at all times. At all times. So part of it was the music we like, but also part of it was the appeal of like, oh yeah, man, that's what the duo would be like. Yeah. That, and that version would definitely be like, you'd call me with like, man, I got another bucket of great songs. I'm like, mm-hmm. lay it on me there, John. Yeah. So I'm like, that is another great song. Another <laughs> great song. I'd be like, wow, his voice is so awesome. Let me just a uh, little do this little skittle do over here. Yeah. Let's make it even better. Cut this album and then. We can all get back to work. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> except because I like my job, though. No, I, <laughs> so, I like, I like and that. And that version, you, though, didn't have a day job. Oh, well, thank you. Same with Because I knew, I knew that you didn't like your day yeah. job at the time. Like, yeah. this would have been like when we were, like, right out of college. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, like, in any great place professionally. But I was definitely growing on a, I was on a path, on a career path that I was excited about. My days were, you know, all that entry-level stuff. But I was having fun. Yeah. And I knew at the time you weren't having as much fun. That's right. Um, so you like your job enough today that even if you made a good living doing making a movie or, or being in this yeah. awesome band with me where you're playing the bass and you get to sing lead every now and oh, then. Oh, he's the bass player? He is the bass player. That's right. Um, and you get to write some songs too. But so if we were making enough money doing something like that, you would still want to keep this job. <laughs> well, no, I, so, I, I don't mean that. I'm asking no, no, a question. Yeah, I think I would. And here's I why I would do would, it now. Here's why like, I would do it now. Which is interesting to me because I, I like – 
my job some days, and I like it more than I used to. The job I used to have back in the days you're talking about, I would quit that job in a second if I had <laughs> enough money. You could be Rhett Miller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I could do anything creative at yeah. all, if I could own, if I could run a record shop, yeah, and make the same salary that I make right now, I'd be at that record shop. Well, now if we're talking, I can make the same amount of money. That's what I'm saying. Just like, yeah. Oh, well, so so no. the reason you were keeping the day job in your fantasy was because well, just the we, didn't make, the we didn't make enough money in your fantasy. Well, because I do just, know how the music business works. <laughs> you Look. can't even let go in the fantasy yeah. world. <laughs> I just assume that... No, 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 no. That's why I was like, if so, I'm the bass player, I thought he was a guitar player, but I forgot. But if all I've got songwriting publishing coming in okay. is, I, I uh, is, what's it called? Is what's his, I mean, he had a great song on the Valentine. Oh, yeah, Valentine. That's a great song. A great song. But Valentine's not, that's not mailbox money. It's not paying the bills. That's no. No, there's no way that Murray. Mike, the argument is not, is Murray making enough money for you to quit your job? The argument, I assumed that you, in your fantasy world, no. whatever the band, because you realize we don't have to be the actual old 97s. No, no, yeah, but in my mind. making the same amount of money as them. No, in my saying, mind we were living, yeah. Okay, so if we were in a band that didn't consume our lives, which I like that part of it. Yeah. And we can kind of just come and go as we please somehow yeah. with this band, and then we can get back to our, our families. Like a cat. And we don't want to be on the road all the time. We really yeah. want to be on the road every now and then. Sure. But mostly we want to be home and be lazy or just hang out with our family. So in that fantasy world, yeah, and we're making a million dollars a year, or we're just making the same amount that we are making right now yeah. in our jobs. A million dollars a year. A million dollars a year, right. <laughs> Very successful. <laughs> would you quit your this day job that you have now? Uh, or do you like it enough that you would still try to keep it? Well, I do like my job a lot. So, And I don't want to just sit around writing songs with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You're out of the band. No, all right. Okay. You know what? I, what I well, okay. What, what about this? What about this? So we quit our day jobs, but we ran out of office space, and- Every day we work nine to five, yeah. and so we're either writing songs together, or there's also a studio in this, uh-huh. <laughs> this place we're renting. Yeah. So we either are writing songs together, or we are recording music, or we do concerts, but they just happen to be between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m., <laughs> and then we're home by 5.36 every night. That all sounds funny, except that I know that's not possible. See, I can't, I can't <sighs> do fantasies. Fantasy? I know, but I can't go that far. Uh-huh. I, I have to do fantasies within some form of reality. Mm-hmm. I know that. I know that's crazy, but I admit that that's all that they all come from. And I'm, I'm being sincere right now. Today's mm-hmm. version would be that you and I were in a great band. <laughs> we used to be in a great band. Yeah, we used to be in a great band <laughs> and that it had a cult success, but it never quite caught on. But people still talk about us and now we're getting ready for the one night only reunion show. Oh, wow. <laughs> but like, hung up on these specifics. But like, that's, that's the version of my mind. So my new fantasy... <laughs> Would be one where in our 20s, we had a great band that just didn't get its due. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jellyfish was bigger than this fantasy would allow, but they weren't that big. That, that would be about right. And like, you and I were Roger and Andy, mm-hmm. and we destroyed it. And man, it really worked great, but just didn't work out. And so we went our separate ways as artists. Yeah. But we stayed friends stayed and friends. we did these other things. And now it's like, we get these emails all the time, you know? Yeah. People are like, when's the Jellyfish reunion, man? Yeah. They're like, well, you know, it's, I mean, we've moved on and, you know, we have to be a lot. And they're like, yeah, but you just got to do it. And we go, you know what? One night only. We're dropping it on you. We're dropping it on you. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go. That would be great for that one night. For that one night. I want a fantasy that's fun all year. <laughs> what's what's the, the first thought that came to me no, was. No, that's, hey, that's just your thought. But it's still in that scenario. We're still us. Yeah. So the other way of looking at this is. Uh, you, you like being you more than I like being me. Exactly. <laughs> I feel pretty good about who we are. That no, in our fantasy, we're are. still who we are because we're great. Oh, we are great. We don't need to be other people. 
Um, and no, we could have done point. those things. That's not what I'm saying. We're not actually turning these <laughs> so, people. I'm just, I was using them as a comparison. I'm not really, I don't want to be Rhett Miller anymore than I, know, I want to I be know. me. But in that type of band, that type of success, yes. except we're making more money. Yeah. Um, so because I do, I do like their level of fame. Yeah. Where they have the adoring, that following yep. that loves them, but they don't get harassed by fans all the time or they're not recognized every time they go out to eat. We, we both agree that's the right level of fame. Um, so I don't want to become those people. I just want that level of fame and also to get to be in a band that's fun like that. Yeah. The other thing that just occurred to me, though, <laughs> this is actually this is revealing a lot about both of our psychologies. Mm-hmm. In my version of this, part of the appeal of having been in a band that wasn't famous, that people are still clamoring for, means that when we get to come back and do like that one show, we even get to make comments to people about like how they got it. And all these other people didn't get it. We're going to show them how it's done. Even then, in my mind, it's still about making somebody lick the boot. (laughs) I'm always a big fan of that. Although they're not even there. It's about holding it over somebody, but not in a way that actually holds it over them. Because in this scenario, I'm talking about like, you know, a thousand people show up at the Roxy or whatever. We, you know, rent out some room for the night. And it's like, oh, man, one night only. Maybe New York, maybe L.A. (laughs) (laughs) They wanted it. That's right. But it's like L.A., New York, maybe hit up Chicago or something, you know, or Atlanta. It's like a handful of places like, you know what, guys, taking a week off work. (laughs) We'll take the weekend to rehearse. So does this go all the way back around to where we began this conversation, which is why do you want this podcast to fail just so 20 years from now we can say. Yeah, that's what it is, isn't it? Listen to it now. This is actually good. That's what I want. And because not only do you want to, you want to be able to return as a conquering hero, but also an underappreciated, underappreciated conquering hero. That's exactly what I want. That's yeah, no, that's exactly what I want. Because in my mind too, that means you get memorialized with some awesome fan site and like a, a limited edition, five hundred copies only, multicolored vinyl set. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, there's definitely something romantic about the idea of like we do this thing. We bury it. We don't care. The label screwed us. Mm-hmm. They didn't support us. All that different thing. Like you get to get buried. You get forgotten. I agree. Only to get rediscovered down the road. And then we're 60 years old or whatever. And the email starts blowing up. It's it's very cool. It's like, I know you don't care for this band, but I love Neutral Milk Hotel and that one main album. It's absolutely it. that. And it's the same thing where, you know, people liked it at the time, of course. Yeah, but it, nothing, nothing like compared now. to the They disappeared. And then this mystique just it grows and grows and grows. Yeah. And then they finally come back and they go on tour. And it's this huge deal to it's so many people. Everyone's in tears, you know, at the show. Yeah. Finally getting to see this band they thought they would never get to see. So I get it. Maybe going back to your earlier point, someone wants to email us now, I'm all for it. That sounds great. But if you want to wait on that email for 20 years, I at least, Mike, am saying that may be fine with me. Well, because I'm sure that Neutral Milk Hotel or whoever this other guy is you're talking about, yeah. they at least at the time got one or two <laughs> listens from That's true. a fan. Right? Well, you're the one checking the email. So how about we do this? There's no email to no, but you're gonna check it because someone is gonna email. Listeners, please email. <laughs> but then John will check it, and then it's up to you if you want to tell me about it or not. Really? I'll have to tell you. Uh, about yeah, of course it. you will. I put that. That's sorry. That, even <laughs> as I said, I was like, that's Deci- too much pressure. Yeah, that's decision not fair. made. Decision made. So you would rather not get an email than. Get I mean, email. look. Obviously, I would like to get an email. I'd like to have listeners, but I'm still enough enthralled with the notion of us doing something that we think is actually pretty good. If we're going classic. High school grade, you know, I feel like we're at a solid B to B plus right now. Yeah, and that's great. That's, and that's a good sell. Yeah. So it's like a B, B plus thing deserves, you know, not the full gold star, but maybe like you rip the gold star from half and give it to the kid and you walk away like, um, oh, you did all right. Yeah. Like that feels, that's and I'd, I'd like to have that. But at the same time, just achieving that is enough for me at this moment. 
not knowing if we could have. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun to put together. It's fun it's to just do it fun. with you. So That's I, the most yeah. important thing. It, it has been so much fun for me. And it's just a hobby now that I really enjoy. Yeah. But for me, the perfect world would be no one can figure out who we are. Yep. But we know there are people listening. And yep. It doesn't have to be many people. Again, 15, 20 people. We know they're listening. Every time we put out an episode, they're excited about it. They listen to it. They are playing the game with us. Right. There's a game being played, and then they never, ever solve it. And that is perfect because – and maybe, you know, the the ideal fantasy world would be the fan base does grow over time. Yep. But no one ever knows who we are. And so you still have all that mystique. It's still weird and different. We're still mostly doing it just for the joy of doing it and for hanging out together. But we know that there is some sort of interest out there and at least enough to allow us to play the game we want to play. Well, Rhett Miller is definitely, if you were to try to find somebody, he does it, man. He's funny. Yeah, he's good. He's such a good songwriter. He's so good looking. I will say, my ding on Rhett Miller. And Rhett Miller, if you're listening, I'm sorry. We can't ding him. We're going to have him on. I'm going to ding him. Ding him later. I'm going to ding him. Ding him later. I'm ding him off mic. But see, now he knows he's been dung. Off mic ding. Well, just... Just I'll we tell can, you. We can record it now. And then we'll use and it later? Don't don't use this bit until after Only we've interviewed Rhett Miller. Red Miller. On the ding scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, the slightly affected English-style voice. Uh, yeah. It dings me a bit. He's It's a little bit much. He's slightly affected in a lot of ways. Ooh. He is very funny. Yeah. And he's a great songwriter, obviously. Fun guy. But he always... He doesn't come off as someone who's not trying... He he's still, definitely trying. He's always trying a little bit, which is why Murray's cooler. <gasps> Do you because think Murray's never Murray's never trying. Do you think in that scenario I gave myself the Murray position because I w- deep I down wanted... you knew that he was cooler? Is that what I was doing? I don't think that's what you're doing. I know. I know. You don't care as much about this band. Well, like if it's if it you don't even know what instrument Murray plays. Yeah, if it's a consolation in the Wilco scenario, you're definitely Jay Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Well, not at the time. Oh, okay. But like when that was happening, it was definitely like, oh, so glad yeah. that uh, John's here to play the Jay Bennett role. Well, do you think, in my <laughs> mind, I was Jay Bennett? Cleveland. How lovely all it was. Send us a damn email. How lovely all it was. Uh, 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 I think so.